can you actually use your demons and what was really hurting you and use it as power and use it as something you've gotten through and work through that. And that really meant fully feeling my feelings because I would try to numb them out before, you know, I'd be numbing that out with, with opiates and money and women and fancy shit. And it's like, well, actually none of that works. It just piles more weight on top of what you're trying not to feel. And so I had to actually then really just feel my feelings and feel if I wasn't happy with myself and feel if I felt inadequate or if I didn't feel enough or, you know, what exactly those validation issues go behind them and be like, well, why do I want to be validated so bad? Welcome to the Limitless Soul podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, think for ourselves, and realize our limitless nature. We will explore talks on meditation, creativity, wellness, spirituality, and storytelling. You're in for a treat because we're peeling back the layers and diving deep. I'll be having diverse voices from all different creative backgrounds and points of view on to discuss what makes their soul limitless. Plug in and tune out the outside world as we go on this journey together. Hello, welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. Welcome back. If you are a regular listener, thanks so much for hanging out with us. I absolutely love sharing this space with you, these conversations, these activations, new awarenesses and connections. So much fun. And if you're new, welcome. We have a lot in store for you today. One of my favorite things about having this podcast for the last two and a half years, 126 episodes, and 150,000 downloads. Whoa, that's that's really weird. I just looked at that statistic today and I was like, oh my gosh, 150,000 times people have listened and hung out with me in the ether, in this space. That is just, that's wild. It really blows my mind. And I'm so excited for you to be a part of this journey because that is what it is. It's a very uh, public, outward unfolding of a whole journey and it's documented. That'll be so weird one day when my kids listen to this. They'll be like, oh my God, mom, you were up to some stuff. Be like, yes, I was. Yes, I was, children. Um, So one of my favorite things is being able to share this with you. It's being able to share... Um, this experience. It's something very unique that we get to do. And the even cooler thing is that we're able to carry on this conversation outside of this, this realm, outside of this container. And I would really love to hear your thoughts, your experiences with being a part of this conversation and being part of this journey. So if you're interested in sharing what you think or feel or what's changing for you, shifting for you, what's activating within you when you hear these conversations or when you um, are experiencing the podcast, please reach out. I'm typically on Instagram at least once a day and I love checking DMs. I love seeing Instagram stories. I love sharing your voices and your pictures and all of the things that come from you sharing with me your perspective. So please do not be shy and tag at Limitless Soul Life if you have something that like 
shakes it up within you when you listen to this podcast or something that you really loved from it. So I would love to hear from you. And if you're feeling real saucy, real spicy, please feel free to leave us a review over on iTunes. I love the written ones because I like to read them. It's so much fun and it's just a great thing to look back on. And it's also really helpful for people who are interested in finding a space where they can plug in, tune out the outside world and really get into some juicy spirituality. So it really helps your peers too. So please feel free to do that. I invite you to, I love hearing from you. So today my guest is Aaron Bahia. So funny because most of the time when people reach out to me to, to be a guest on the podcast, it's a lot of times men and I have a lot of, I love keeping the podcast. Let me just say this. I love keeping the podcast with diverse points of view, backgrounds, life experiences, all kinds of different ways that we move through the world, because I think it gives such a greater perspective of how the human condition is and our different paths and journeys and how different we are, yet how alike we are at the same time. So I think it's funny, though, that a lot of people who reach out to me to be on the podcast end up being men. A lot of people that I reach out to end up um, being women. And when I got this message from Aaron, I was like, oh, my gosh, like he's he's pretty intense. He's got, you know, all these tattoos and he talks about being into drugs and being a drug dealer and you know, living this really fast and hard life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what? I, I, but I was very curious and I was really interested because sometimes we forget that we all have a story. We all have a journey and a path. And when our paths are very confronting to us and they show us and reveal to us so much. There's so much gold and there's so much awareness if we step into this path with a willing heart, with an open mind and with trust that we can change. So I started reading about Aaron and his his mission and his vision and a little bit of his story, but I didn't really know that much about him. It was a little bit of a leap of faith. I'm like, okay, let's do this. And um, was kind of anticipating having this conversation. I'm like, this guy, how is this going to go? I, I don't know this person. And so um, it ended up being a really great conversation. One of the best conversations that I've had on the podcast, I feel like we really got into some interesting content and perspective and especially um, the more masculine and feminine energies coming together in a way that was really uh, digging into some important topics. So um, Aaron got pretty vulnerable and shared a lot of his story and his mission about how he grew up in a really rough area in Vancouver and then went on this mission to spiritual development in Asia and wanted to move away from being in like car, he calls it cars, cash and women to meditation and yoga in Himalayas. And he learned about generosity, connection, and compassion. And he started all of this over in Bali in 2016. So only five years ago, this isn't 
has hasn't been a really long time that he's been on this path and um but has been really dedicated to making the change and the transition and since then he's launched four businesses in four years and raised tens of thousands of dollars every year for underprivileged and mentally disabled balinese children which i think is amazing and he's the founder of karma house in bali conscious arts tattoo full reset coaching and a founding partner in yogi lab so he's got a lot of things going on and we get into a little bit about business and talk a lot more about his journey and even further than that, talked a lot about the confrontations and the resistances and the continual commitment to the path in order to keep evolving, in order to not get stuck back in our same old story and get sucked back into the things that our ego likes to feed on. So I asked him a lot of hard questions and we went pretty deep and I'm very excited for you to hear this. It it tends to be a lot of times when I have more masculine energy on the podcast that I get a lot of really good feedback because it's such an interesting counterbalance to me, like really stepping into my divine feminine and being more in that energy. So I have a lot of fun playing with that and finding the really good deep stuff that needs to be talked about and confronted in a really open container. So I hope you enjoy this. It was really fun and I enjoyed getting to know Aaron and he's up to great things and I think you're going to really enjoy it. So let me know what you think. Welcome Aaron to the show. Happy to have you here today, tonight. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, Friday night, 9 p.m. in Bali, 9 a.m. for you, Friday morning. We're in different places. I'm in Bali. You are in the Michigan. Eastern Seaboard, I'm Michigan. In, I'm in, I'm up in the forest, the woodlands. Yes, um, I'm in I'm, the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's it like over there right now? Is it um, Is it pretty much always the same temperature? I've never been to Bali actually. It's like consistently 30 degrees every day. Yes, yes. There's two seasons. It's hot and then really hot. <laughs> and and rain and like february okay. is crazy hot rain time like flooding torrential or extremely hot and then this time it's our it's our winter out here okay. and so it's 30 degrees every day and it's perfect it's absolutely beautiful and we might even get lucky enough to get down to like 25 degrees i'm from canada i'm from vancouver canada so okay. like yo it's <laughs> i'm not used to that but now i am i've been here five years and so it's just like consistently awesome here sunshine beautiful palm trees you know, cruising around on my scooter, mm. la 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 la, life is good. Awesome. How is it over there <laughs> with like the pandemic and everything? Have you guys been able to experience life in a more connected way or have you been on lockdown? There hasn't really been any lockdown out here. They don't really have the infrastructure for that in Indonesia. It's still a third world country out here, Uh but it's been super chill. Like there hasn't been massive outbreaks. I think this is the best place to possibly be during this pandemic. No lockdowns. Life is pretty much normal as usual. We wear masks anyways while you're riding your scooter because you don't want to exhaust in your face. So it's not like a big new thing. Um, It's been a blessing to be out here and all my family's in the West and seeing everybody in Vancouver and, you know, what they're going through and what we're going through here we're on different planets it feels like it's so different really the only thing is is this island you know is predominantly fueled by tourism you know i own Mm -hmm. a couple brick and mortar businesses out here a couple tattoo shops with a yoga studio and a restaurant and 
it's I've closed since August, one of them. And the other one, you know, it's a 90% cut in revenue. So the island has hit a huge economic recession. Uh, that's been the big pandemic here. You know, the COVID luckily hasn't struck so deeply and, uh, and you know, the tragedy of people's health risks and, and all that, it hasn't been that big here, but mm-hmm. people are really hit hard with, you know, losing their jobs. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's interesting. That's been more healthy, but economically, suffering gosh it's it's it is wild when you zoom it all the way out like we're all connected in this this web one thing affecting us over here is affecting you over there wild yeah um hopefully things are gonna start pretty soon maybe when the aliens come i don't know um hey yo that's happening that's really like (laughs) did you see joe rogan's post today like there's more and more out right now, like more alien stuff. And I'm just, just like, starting this finally, off, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm so excited about aliens. I just like, I know. okay, the, the government has admitted aliens are, okay, they're here. They're releasing government videos. And I've just been like, yo, finally, like that brings some alien stuff. And, you know, if they haven't turned us all into like, you know, minions yet, like maybe they're cool. <laughs> What's your take on that? I, I feel like this is either the biggest, like, gaslighting project of all time <laughs> like look over here <laughs> distract or yeah. um we've expanded into a consciousness collectively that we're ready to like accept a, a new um perception of reality and a new yeah, uh, yeah. a new um way forward so mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been having some interesting thoughts about it. I've always been interested in aliens. I've always been interested in outer space since I was a little kid. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, you become a grown up and you don't really think about them very often. And <laughs> yeah, lately I've been just thinking about them in a different perspective and thinking about what is prompted for me. This is kind of funny. We're starting this off this way, but I think it'll it'll <laughs> it'll all wrap up and make sense somehow. Um, I actually had this really deep experience yesterday. Crazy that we're talking right now about this, but um, I had this really clear vision of how to have a deeper communication and it was all surrounding around aliens, but not like in a way of like, hi, take me to your leader. It was like, how can we have a deeper connection and communication without verbalization and um, intellectual understanding? And I think it's really cool because a lot of the things that you all are doing with your businesses in Vipassana, you know, it's, it's taking away the senses. And yeah. um, that was a huge message and a really big profound shift that I actually had just yesterday was uh, clearing this, this space, like nerve pain, um, fear, the intense up and down of adrenaline and, and like, um, kind of laziness, like these extremes and finding the center, right? Just finding yeah. the center so that we can communicate more with our energy. And absolutely that if they're going to come, that's the only way yeah. that we're going to be able yeah. to get whatever information we need from each other is being in that grounded yet really open space. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I love that you brought that there. up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was just talking about this earlier, uh, just like before I came here for the podcast was uh, non-local communication and that I experienced this through really deep Vipassana meditation retreats. And I was at this one in Sri Lanka 
And about seven days in, I felt like I was actually talking to my friends that weren't there, you know, people that you have deep heart coherence with, you can, you can connect to them. And, you know, this like ancient yogis have their siddhis and you're able to like, you know, have telepathy, you can communicate mm-hmm. with people. And I think that's actually completely accessible to us. If we clear our channel, ground ourselves enough, mm-hmm. you know, meditate deep enough, or just build those strong connections with people. And, you know, you're not weighed down by all this extrasensory input and stimuli and substances and so during a meditation retreat i was like thinking about my parents and i was like and more so even weirder i was thinking about this shih tzu that we had for 17 years like this dog that my parents had named ralph ralph the shih tzu was not a great dog to be honest like sorry ralph but you know he 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 was just like begging poorly behaved like just just a little jerk ralph and um, (laughs) he had a he had a he had an underbite so he'd be like I, he'd sit there and beg with my mom looking like a little gremlin and I was just like meditating on day seven and I'm just like damn Ralph's old I wonder if he's still alive and I was like thinking that and I was like oh Ralph you know and then when I got out my mom sent me a photo and she's like or a, a message she's like honey I'm sorry I gotta tell you you know um we had to put Ralph down you know 17 years old and I was like whoa like I caught that in the universe. Mm. Like I actually felt like my parents and that then I tripped out even more. I was like, wait, did I psychically kill Ralph? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I don't know if you're that Ralph- powerful, but maybe. I hope not. Cause like, Ralph is cool. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's too much responsibility. Yeah. RIP Ralph. <laughs> wow. RIP Ralph. Yeah. Dang. Wow. R. That's R. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love the way that you all, whenever you reached out and um, were like, Hey, I'd love to come on your podcast. And I started looking into what you're doing and what's going on. I'm like, this is, this is cool. Like what you're doing is really, really cool. Um, I'm really interested for our listeners, especially if you're not familiar with Aaron. um, Why don't you just kind of give us uh, an idea of your journey thus far, because it seems like a really Mm -hmm. rapid transformation happened from like 2016 to now. Um, and you talk about having a full spectrum life. Um, tell me about what that means and, and what this (laughs) last five years have been like, uh, in a nutshell. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. I went on a like rocket ship of transformation and I, I, I came out here and did some real serious deep work, but before, you know, I, was the, you know, I'm the entrepreneur I am today. And, uh, you know, I coach people and we have a personal development business and, you know, lots of charity work is really, Seva is a really deep part of everything and all the businesses I have that's a real give back is super important. But before that, you know, say in 2015, I was a drug addicted drug dealer and I was in organized crime for eight years of my life, getting deeper and deeper in it. The area I grew up in, it was normalized and celebrated and, you know, glamorized to be somebody with like, oh, you got the money and the power and the women and the fancy clothes and the cars and, you know, living life like a rap music video was exactly what was cool where I grew Mm -hmm. up in. So, of course, I was like, I want to be I want to be like these guys. I want to be the king of the jungle like these guys. Absolutely. And knowing and doing that, uh, I really realized just how how rough things can be if our heart's not in the right place. Mm-hmm. And if we're not, we don't have passion or purpose in what we're doing and we don't have an altruistic goal, we're not helping people. And I could see I was self-medicating and, and you know, numbing myself with, out with opiates because I was really, I knew I wasn't doing the right thing and my heart wasn't doing, living out its true purpose. And I wasn't connected to myself. And I could, t- I always had this deep spiritual yearning 
but I wasn't, you know, I was instead, I was selling large amounts of narcotics, meeting very scary people in weird places. And, you know, crazy stuff was happening all around me. It was getting Mm -hmm. to be like the movies. And, Mm -hmm. you know, once you start dealing with Mexican cartels, things get really scary. And I was just like, I'm, I like yoga. I want to do yoga. (laughs) I, I did a plant medicine called Iboga and it showed me just how I was messing up my life and how I was the one responsible for all the choices I made in, you know, not the circumstances around me, not the environment I grew up in, not my, you know, a poor relationship with my father. No, 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 no. Like I had to take, I had to own it all. And mm. those ego deaths are so hard. <laughs> so yeah. If you do like a hero yeah. dose of some sort of plant medicine and it's mm-hmm. right in front of you and you have nowhere to go, but just deal with it. Those aren't fun, but they're damn necessary. And so the day after doing this massive hero dose of iboga, I watched Eat, Pray, Love. Oh my and, God. And I saw the, the God. Yeah. And Julia Roberts saved my life. I saw that. She she's in the she's in the Ubud market scene. And I was like, wherever that is, I need to go there. Like I just I need to go there. And I booked a flight the next day to go to Bali to go to where she was by myself. <laughs> I was just like, I showed up by myself. And I rocked up at this at yoga barn, like a, a yoga studio alone mm-hmm. in a Louis Vuitton shirt with diamond earrings. Like, yo, I'm going to do yoga, <laughs> like still a drug dealer. I was the weirdest character to show up in like the hippiest place you could possibly imagine. Everyone else has mala beads and, you know, they're all just kumbaya, kumbayaing or whatever it is everywhere. And I'm like, still have three cell phones. You know, I'm still like this guy, but I wanted to change. And I stood out like a sore thumb because, you know, what impressed the people back in my neighborhood didn't work here. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll buy everybody drinks. And it's like green juice and quinoa and stuff. Like, and I, I, got it. I got the whole table. Don't worry about it. I'm a boss. <laughs> it's like not cool here. Like, it's cheesy. Stop it, bro. Mm-hmm. And so I did a yoga teacher training and this teacher broke my ego over her knee. Thank God we're still such close friends, but we weren't during that training. She hated my guts. And, um, and it was, it was a crazy time to shift from then, but you know, what I love about that was I hit such a, such a rock bottom in 2015 and I needed to change so badly. And I was so scared that I had to shift who I was, but I didn't know who to be. And at the time before, it's kind of like, before you go skydiving, you're in the plane, you're like, Oh fuck, this is so scary. And what am I going to do? Oh my God. And then once you get into the air and you start enjoying it, you're like, Oh, this is awesome. And so to jump into a new identity, I was like, who am I going to be? I don't know how to be anybody other than this drug dealer I was. And then I was like, wait, I get to pick who I want to be now. And I was like, well, I want to be someone who's compassionate, who has a positive impact in the world around me. I want to do tons of good things. I want to help other people. I want to build businesses and I want to have awesome people around me. I want to have people love me. I want to love people. I chose important things about what I wanted to do. And since then I was able to launch four businesses in four years and support a whole school for mentally disabled Balinese children, coach people along the way now and do all these awesome things with awesome people um, because I got right with myself and Mm -hmm. Julia Roberts. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Wow. I, I think it's so cool that you had this realization that a, you get to choose your identity. Who do I want to be? How do I want to move about this world? Like this ain't it. And then also having the the deeper knowing and understanding that that's not coming from a, a physical a physical attachment, a physical representation of who we are. Because a lot of times we think about our identity of, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a woman, I have long hair, or I want to, you know, wear these kinds of clothes or be identified as, 
you know, uh, you know, a yoga teacher or a, an entrepreneur, or whatever it is, these kind of outside more social identifications and you realize, no, I, I, I want to be compassionate, loving, um, giving identity. Um, I, I think that's really important for, for everyone listening too, because oftentimes we get really wrapped up in the physical and we forget about the stuff behind it and that that's really what's driving things forward. Um, and it sounds like that's what kind of pivoted you into this new transformation because before what what would you say your identity your your more like soul uh or your your internal identity was before what, what kind of factors uh a louis vuitton belt a louis- <laughs> <laughs> that, i think that would sum up my personality before okay. that was a louis vuitton if i could like think of one object that would oh sum gosh. up the type of person i was it would be a louis vuitton belt and then you can feel that you're like uh <laughs> that's it Wow. Okay. So what was, because this is interesting. You, you show up in Ubud and you're still like Louis Vuitton belts and you're still like, (laughs) you're still like cash money, like throwing money at people like this. At what point did you realize you couldn't go back to Louis Vuitton belt? Like Louis Vuitton belt is like, is gone, is, is dead buried like r.i.p yeah. over with ralph yeah gone uh, it's a really it's, it's actually a pretty intense story okay you ready for this one? I, I, i've got my uh, coffee i'm ready yeah so i had to i finished the yoga teacher training and mm-hmm. i didn't even pass it like because you know i was getting tattoos during the training i was partying i was going on tinder dates like i was trying to change but like you know it was like it I was still Mr. Louis Vuitton belt. I had a Matt Ferragamo man purse. I was still that guy, but I was new. I was trying to change. Change doesn't happen just like, you know, just like that. So, but I knew I I got a taste of the new life. Mm -hmm. And I remember flying back to Vancouver from Bali and I was scared. I was just like, damn, like I got to go back to that life. And I don't want that anymore, but I need to get out and getting out super hard. Like it's, it wasn't just because it wasn't like, oh, I owed, I, you know, I was in a gang or anything. It's like, I just could give up all my connections to my friends and, and move. Everyone else gets to make more money, no problem. But it was the identity and the money and and the golden handcuffs of like, well, I'm this guy here. How do I leave being that guy? Um, but I knew there was something else. And so I was trying to leave um, when I was, when I was uh, sorry, backtrack at that yoga teacher training. Everyone's all happy getting their yoga teacher training certificates. And the teacher, Denise Payne, comes up to me and she's like, I can't pass you. And she's like five foot four. I'm six foot one. And I felt tiny when she said that to me. And I did my best to be like, I don't care. Like, whatever. Like, I'm a big deal back at home. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter. But I was hurt. I was like, legit. It hit my ego. I was like, dang, I'm not, who the hell fails a fucking teacher training? Like, who fails a yoga teacher training? This guy. (laughs) Damn, son. So, so she doesn't pass me and she just goes, Aaron, and looks me dead in the eyes, you know, or I guess looks me up in the eyes. She goes, when are you going to give a shit about something? When are you actually going to show up? You could be so great, but mm-hmm. you don't even try. And I was just like, oof, like it hit me right in the heart. And I was just like, oh man, uh-huh. Yeah, like whatever, like trying to shake it off. But she cut to the core of me. And I just remember everyone else is all happy, mala beads everywhere. And I'm just like sitting in the corner, like trying not to care about the situation. Like, it's all good, man. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, you're, you're still crushing it back at home, whatever. And I get back at home and 
I knew I needed to get out, but I didn't know how. And I wasn't like totally have uh, like pushed over that edge yet. And I was doing a drug deal. And it was with a couple of guys I didn't know that well. And it was two kilos of Coke. And I couldn't cover all of that. It was from friends of mine. And it was like, if I have, if these guys try to rob me, I have to do something about it. And this is where it gets a little crazy. And I had a handgun with a silencer on it. That was about that long, like a foot long. Oh my God. And I didn't know where to hide it. And it was like, okay, I could put it in a cabinet. It wouldn't fit in the cabinet. And I was like, okay, maybe I can put it in the, under the stove, I guess, under the stove. And I just like had a breakdown, collapsed on the kitchen floor and started crying. And I was like, is this my life right now? Like, it's so different than green juice and downward dogs in Ubud. This is so different than where I just was. Now I'm back in this where I have to like psych myself up to possibly shoot someone over cocaine. Like what, what life are you living, buddy? Like, no, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was crying on the floor. And just then Denise Payne comes hanging over me in my, <laughs> she's like, what are you going to give a shit about something? Exactly. <laughs> when are you going to show up, Aaron? And I was like, God damn it. I got to go back and finish that yoga teacher training and pass. And I promised right then and there, I'm going to go back and do that yoga teacher training. And I flew back, got out, you know, the hardest thing I did, those are the hardest six months to get out really difficult, unplugged everything, sold everything I had, didn't want any ties to this world whatsoever. I was done moved to Bali. I show up to yoga bar and I go, yo, Denise, I'm finishing your, your yoga teacher training. And she started crying. She's like, oh my God, like I was wishing you were going to come back and you're here. Like, yes. And we became best friends ever since I finished my 500 hours in prison at Bali Krobacon maximum security prison, um, uh, volunteering to the, to the prisoners in there. And I, so I did my time and like cleared my karma. And it was like the most powerful thing. Cause from then on, I was able to do amazing things. It's like, a, it was a shift. I just felt the energetic cords cut and I could be this new person. It was a beautiful process. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what a, what a, what a whirlwind you have been on. My goodness. Yeah. Um, so this was all like five years ago. That was like 2016. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So since then you have created four businesses mm -hmm. and, um, are living in Bali still, obviously. Yep. So yep, what yep. are, I'm, I'm curious because we talked about like transformation doesn't happen overnight like this. I think sometimes we see people have these spiritual awakenings or we're like, oh, this person's enlightened. They're not attached. They, you know, they don't have expectations anymore. They just are in flow. Um, what's something that keeps coming up for you? This is a little bit deep, but what's something that keeps coming up for you that challenges you to stay moving forward um because i know we can't just like get rid of our demons there's this really great book by adriana limbach she's a, a buddhist meditation teacher she wrote a book called tea and cake with demons and it's it's all basically buddhism philosophy but how to practically make friends with your demons and like invite them in to like Ooh. hang out because okay. they they can't go away you can't right? energy oh, can't write energy can't be created after. yeah fantastic yeah. book love it um, energy can't be created or destroyed. So, you know, we just have to like learn how to play with it and move it around. So what's the one thing or few things that keep popping up for you that are like the reminders of old Aaron or like the reminders of ego Aaron that like wants to just be heard and seen. What are those? Oh yeah. Oh, there's still, there's still so many. Holy. And, and, how, it, and it also, was exactly how do you navigate that one that shows up and wants to pull you back into maybe not like drugs and women and cars and guns and yeah. stuff, but like 
<laughs> the energy of it, yeah. right? The energy yeah. of power and ego and being known and seen and validated. Oh, of course. I, I still have a lot of those things, just luckily not drugs, guns and crazy stuff like that. It's, it's so much more shanti shanti. But what I've seen that I was just going to say it was definitely ego stuff. Like, okay, I had this big idea of who I wanted to be. And so anytime I would take negative feedback or criticism, it would trigger me. And I would either get like, you know, it, it depends on who they were. If they were someone close to me, I'd get avoidant. It would trigger my avoidant patterning. I'd be like, nah, like, you know, I know ghost somebody and that was like wow just because it would trigger my ego or you know I would get upset and, and I would realize my ego couldn't be pressed in that way and what actually I learned from Denise Payne as well is I have to repeat this mantra to myself is like are you taking yourself too seriously mm. I have to keep thinking that because like okay I took myself way too seriously like you know who I am <laughs> if you if you walk around with that attitude anybody who shows you who you really are and not the idea of who, you know, who I am, who you think you are, it hurts. It was like really painful. And so it caused a huge reaction in me. And that's been like a huge, huge part of my work since was like, okay, can you actually just humble yourself and stop taking yourself way too seriously? And that's why humor and play is a big part of me and what I do and <clears throat> healing, you know, healing through that. Cause I also carried a lot of shame. You know, I was like, dang, I, you know, I, I shamed my family. I was a drug dealer. I was a drug addict. It's not so glamorous. And that could have been something that really weighed me down and hurt. And instead it was like transmission. Like, can you actually use your demons and what, what was really hurting you and use it as power mm -hmm. and use it as something you've gotten through and work through that. And that really meant fully feeling my feelings because I would try to numb them out before, you know, I'd be numbing that out with, with opiates and money and women and fat fancy shit. And it's like, well, actually none of that works. It just piles more weight on top of what you're trying not to feel. Mm -hmm. And so I had to actually then really just feel my feelings and feel if I wasn't happy with myself and feel if I felt inadequate or if I didn't feel enough or, you know, what exactly those validation issues go behind them and be like, well, why do I want to be validated so bad? And it's like, well, maybe if I wasn't bullied when I was 12 or my dad gave me more hugs when I was 10 and you go back to those, oh, shit, right. those moments, right? Yeah. And those were the dirty, dark skeletons in the closet that you got to end up loving. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm so excited because today we are sponsoring the podcast by our very own Inflow Meditation Experience. It's a free Limitless Soul offering that is made just for you, the creative who is overwhelmed and exhausted during your work week, but you're willing to try something new to feel peaceful and focused. The Inflow Meditation helps creatives like you with active minds become aligned with intention, let go of the weight of growing a business because that can happen and relax so your intuition can do its job. If you're ready to run your business instead of it running you, get complimentary access by going to the link down in the show notes and download it for free. You can access all of the activating journal prompts right from your phone to get connected, become more aware, and start using the three five-minute guided meditations that I've been using to have literally my best day ever. They're so simple. They're not complicated. You'll be able to set intention before your day starts decompress and like cut cords and let go of your day 
after work. And then before you go to sleep, a beautiful gratitude meditation so you can set yourself up for success the next morning. It's going to help you become your own intuitive guide, reprogram your mind to become calm during work, connect with your inner dialogue, what's going on, what's the chatter, help you rewrite your narratives through the journal prompts because those are not serving you that are not bringing you closer to your end results and your goals. And then you're going to have tools, a lifetime access to help you integrate your new awareness. Download them for free down in the show notes, or you can go to the link in our bio at Limitless Soul Life Instagram and check them out there. Download it. Let me know what you think. I cannot wait to hear how these are serving you. People are saying that they feel so different. They feel at peace. Their work-life harmony has changed and it is serving people so well because we don't have to make spirituality complicated. I love you. Enjoy and enjoy the rest of this episode. It's so interesting because I think you even said at the beginning of, of our, of our chat was, you know, it's not all of those things. It's not, you know, I had a daddy issues or I didn't have a good relationship with this. It's, I have to have accountability. I have to own this. I have to, you know, own the choices that I've made because of those things. Yes. Maybe they were the root, the trigger, the, you know, the, the, the poke if you will. Yep. Yep. But start. you know, to own it is really powerful. Like you said, transmutation, because we can't, as far as I know, go back in time, <laughs> figures that out, you know, I don't know if I want to. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, going back into those times, we can't change the fact that things existed, right. Can't change energy. It just happened. It happened. And unfortunately really bad things happen to humans all the time and so you know having that awareness is really powerful and and you know sharing these kinds of things with people because i think we forget too how not unique our situations are like how totally unique you know somebody told me i can't remember who it was they're like um you you are special but not any more special than anyone else yeah. You know, you can look yeah, at it from yeah, either totally. you are not special, but I think we all are special because we yeah. get to live in this body. We get to exist in this life. Like that's really, that's really cool. That's really special um, to have this experience, but, you know, realizing that though making peace with those times is, is such a powerful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. Like, yeah, you are special, but so is everyone else. Yeah. I just read this book recently too. And it's uh, leadership and self-deception. It's like a good business book uh, mm-hmm. by the Arbinger Institute. And it was like about how a lot of, and what I used to think was, you know, everybody else is an, is an object in my life instead of people having their own lives and we're all objects in each other's lives. And it's something that we can consistently do to each other. And I was like, dang, I was so doing that where you know, kind of every, I thought everyone else revolves around me, you know, I'd forget that they would have their own lives and own experiences. We, yeah. we totally forget that. Mm-hmm. And then we treat them that way. And that's such a, like a self-centered. And I would, I was going to say narcissistic, but I always had, like, I always love people and would want to give, and it wouldn't be like completely void of their feelings as like a textbook narcissist, but definitely self-centered. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit, that was something that was a game changer for me. And I'm still definitely working on that of like, okay, what are, what are, what is someone else feeling in this situation? Not just what I'm feeling. And the more I did that, 
the happier I became. And it's so funny because, you know, before you'd be like, I'm looking out for my own needs so I can be happy, but it causes so much more like just shitty feelings. And the more you give, I realized I became a happier person because I, mean, I dealt with depression since I was 12. It runs my family. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I got into more of a giving attitude and just doing things that, okay, give first, the secret to living is giving, give, 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 give. I became an actual happier person and more, more came my way. I mean, I'm, I'm at a luxury cliffside meditation retreat center right now. That's our office. I'm like, okay, cool. Like the giving thing works. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk about business a little bit because I sure. love talking about business. I know a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs or creatives that are, um, you know, infusing their spiritual practice. Just, just like we were talking about, I don't, teach traditional like yoga classes, 90 minutes or anything like that. Um, But infusing these principles and infusing these things into business, which I love that you said leadership because it is leadership. Like in the new paradigm of business that I'm, you know, envisioning for my life, for my path, my next however many years is less about business in the sense of like make money, buy things, build things, Mm -hmm. have things. Power is more impact, purpose, community, um, giving and it's leadership, right? Like we're creating leadership and exchanging money and playing with that, that energy. Um, what are some of the biggest lessons that, uh, business has, has, has given you if, if business were like a spiritual teacher and, and what, Mm. what kind of lessons has, has building, growing, sustaining, uh, a charitable, equitable, leadership, loving entity. (laughs) So many things. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's a deep question. I love that question. Uh, What a spirituality or business story taught me about, uh, about spirituality. Is that, I could sum that up. Yeah. Like business, if business, if like your businesses were a spiritual teacher, what have they taught Uh, you? What are, what what are the lessons? I said it like in way too many words. (laughs) <laughs> no, I love that because when I first started out, oh, I was a mess with it because I was still wasn't, you know, deeper on my deeper on my spiritual path. And mm-hmm. The better I got in and the more I connected with myself, the better I got at business. And that's because I got more connected to myself. Then I got more in touch with my feelings and then my emotional intelligence grew. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to deal with other people better. And then I was able to manage businesses better because I heard my employees and I was able to you know, deal with things better. I was able to manage all the stress better. So the deeper I connected to myself and the more I worked on myself, the better I got at creating uh, externally. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what business showed me because the better I did at connecting with me, the better I did at building all these other things. And so when I first built Karma House, like that was my second business and the, the, the first bigger one that I built, uh, it was a massive project and it was super stressful. If you ever want to go through some stress, build something in Indonesia, you'll get, you'll mm-hmm. learn a lot about detachment from budgets and deadlines mm-hmm. <laughs> and with the way you think things are going to be. These motherfuckers right. use the wrong concrete for the entire building. Oh no. The entire building is built out of the wrong concrete. It's like, are you kidding me? Like that kind of stuff will happen out here. It's not, right. you know, it's not like the standards we get in the West. So. Okay. You know, put me through the cleaners because I thought uh, by then, you know, I had done two years of real deep spiritual work. I was like, I did ayahuasca. Everything's fixed. You know, like I did, I did all this stuff, right? I was like, you know, I, I was like, I, I danced ecstatically. I should be able to handle this business. You know, I, I thought that I could build at that level. 
And what it really showed me was I had a big spiritual ego as a lot of people get at that time, you know, yes. the first couple of years in, you're like, I fixed everything. I'm, I'm the shit. And then you get through a real test and you're like, Oh, I'm still a puppy. And I actually got a lot more like humility to, to actually intake. And the more humble I got, the better I did at things. You know, I had to like turn down the ego. So it was a huge mirror in that spirit because business is going to show you what can go wrong. It's yeah. going to show you, you know, uh, what kind of stress you got to deal with. It's going to show you how rested you are. It's going to show yeah. you how healthy you are because it's putting you through the tests, you know, lots on the line, you got skin in the game and mm -hmm. it's going to put you through it. And so if you're not operating at a, at a, at a high level, you're going to, you're going to see it and how you're going to act in business. So karma house almost killed me to build that business it was so hard. It was, it was super deep. And that was my moment, another epic book, Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. I don't know if you read that one. He's, I have It's it, my favorite book. I'm going to write these down. They sound really good. Yo, you'll love that one. It's only 100 pages or 110 pages. Each chapter is like one page. I give it to all my coaching clients. It's the first book they should read. And it's like, it's the, it's the game changer. It's the habits of an amateur and the habits of a professional. Mm -hmm. And when I built Karma House, I was still an amateur, even though that was the second or third le legitimate business I built. And it was... um. It was then actually that turned to me pro because I had to really, I had to really blood, sweat and tears, you know, work for it. Mm -hmm. And it showed me what it took. And so that was a huge spiritual lesson for me. And it was like, okay, buddy, time to humble up, you know, time to work harder, time to work smarter, time to be truer to yourself, trying to be mm -hmm. time to be kinder to other people. Because mm -hmm. you see that this fake level of spirituality that you were, you know, bringing in wasn't working. So why don't you put the mala beads down and actually... Mm -hmm be a better person do the work <laughs> yeah <laughs> not just trade your Louis Vuitton belt for some mala beads yo that's what I did these. though I have them <laughs> I know I was so that guy I promise I was so that guy and so I like traded in all my Louis Vuitton and Gucci and Louis and Ferragamo and all this I got rid of it but then I got the spiritual uniform so I came out here and I bought the Aladdin pants and I had the mala beads and I had all the um rings and whatever I could get. You know, I did it. <laughs> I grew I grew a big ass beard. I thought about changing my name. Like I went full hippie. Wow. And then I was like, whoa, this was too far on that side as well. And I had to find my way in the middle and realize, okay, authenticity is is a real spirituality, you know, yeah. you're authentically you and as real as you are. And those are the spiritual teachers that I really vibed with. They were just super real. Uh -huh. and that's that's what drew me in oh my god yeah because I, i've had a similar experience with teachers the more real like my yoga teacher right now i love her and she's very like punk rock she's a drummer in a band and cool. she's got you know fully tattooed but she's also international yoga world champion in 2014 like she knows some stuff and mm -hmm. um been been learning so much from her about being like letting go of these like textbook spiritual ideas right like the sitting and the white and the things and the malas and the stuff you know it's not the stuff it's how are you you know moving through the world how are you engaging with life um and i love that in business what you said it's a mirror because it does, it shows you so many different aspects and even things like money, like when you're making money, are you hanging on to it so tightly because you have, um, you know, a fear of, uh, not having enough, you have a lack of, you know, you think that if you, if you let go, that it's all going to go away or, um, 
that if you, you know, don't have uh, the, the proof, right? If you're not talking about how much money you have or talking about how many clients you have, that people aren't going to believe you or, you know, all yeah. these, these things. I see a lot of that sometimes happening and it's like the quietness, the, the things that we don't say are probably the most important. And, um, that's been a huge lesson for me is like slowing down enough to notice like where I want to talk a lot. Where do I want to talk a lot about things? Where do I want to be show off? You know, be like, look what I did. <laughs> look what I like writing a freaking website, like sales copy and like your bio and stuff. I'm like, I need to say way less, say less, you know? Um, so yeah, I've, I've noticed that as well. Like business being a mirror, everything from like the, the words that we're saying to the, um, the visions we have for the future. It's like, can I just let it, can I cast it out there and just let it happen? Cause it'll happen better. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that sometimes can be really hard in like the growth aspect of business is yeah, not power tripping it and, you know, playing yeah. that God yeah. of being like, I'm making this happen. I'm creating this and letting, yeah. letting it, we're not be. forcing it. You know, I used to be that. Cause I was so like, hustle, hustle, hustle. I was such a hustler, you know, and I'm still like, I'm in the spiritual hustle now. That's one of our brands. It's our podcast as well. And yeah, we're hustlers. We make things happen. And so there's that push to like create it, but then also to have it in flow. Cause we know we're in alignment. And I was just having to push things so hard before. Cause you know, maybe my heart wasn't in the right place and I wasn't doing things with ease and grace and love and flow. Mm -hmm. And instead it was just like, Oh, I want to be rich. Whereas now it's like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to be happy and do dope shit with people I love. And then it just flows and it's so much yeah. easier. And that's what's been beautiful. But and the other thing I saw in spirituality was like crazy amounts of complacency, especially in like the mm. hippie towns. So they're mm. just like, it's all in divine, it's all in divine timing. Yeah. And I'm like, you're broke. <laughs> Come on, like get to work. You know, but then that's in like that same thing. sense, it's judgment, right? It's like there's oh, another, sure. it's like there's another lesson. I'm judging the person yeah. who's not working as hard uh, as me. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But then they're also asking me to borrow money off me. So I'm like, come on, you know, you can't. <laughs> come on so I say that I say that judgment because I lived in Ubud for three and a half yeah. years and I, I I witnessed the whole stuff the whole gamut of that and so what I do is coach people now of like make sure your heart's in the right place first let's deal with mm -hmm. where your vision is at get clear on what you want to execute in your execute in your vision how is that going to make the world a better place okay is it worthy of your time energy and blood sweat and tears is this something that's juicy enough that you're going to like fall in love with if that is, and it, it makes your heart sing, that's going to keep you going on the days where you don't want to do it. And you don't, you don't really want to put your, put that energy into it and it's raining outside and it's cold or whatever. But if you have a juicy enough mission, okay, you're going to get up and go and do that. And then that's going to push you into actually creating it. And so it's more of a carrot than that stick. So can we get excited enough about something that's, that's worth your time worth doing? Right. And that's what I love doing with my clients is getting them that's excited funny. enough about their future. That's so funny. We have very, very similar philosophy. My process, yeah. it came to me one day because I was trying to put words to it and it was intention, dedication, passion, and perseverance. Like those are the four things that have to happen because exactly like you Beautiful. said, I'm a Capricorn. So I'm like, let's go. I'm an architect. Yeah. I'm like, let's build. I'm here to like create. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the piece about dedication is so key. Like, and also perseverance. Are you going to be willing to do what it takes, right? When you're building karma house and there's the wrong concrete and like the things aren't there is the passion and in the intention deep enough to 
to move through it to to see it to the end. Yeah. And if it's totally. not like, don't even start it. Do pick something else. Like maybe yes. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that thing. Um, I've found that to be really helpful in in making choices in my own, own business as I grow, and also seeing my clients that come to me who are like, I have this idea and that idea and this idea, and I'm like, let's run it through this filter real quick before yeah, we start building it. a business plan. Before we start like creating yeah. a casting a vision for you, creating goals because if you're not even willing to like sacrifice or um, put in the time or the work to create this or give something else up, it's not, it's not going to work. And you're going to end up oh, in the same totally. cycle of like feeling like you need to prove something or being at a, you know, go faster. One of my teachers said, um, I love this quote. You can't go too deep. You can only go too fast. Wow. Isn't that good? That's dope. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I, I think it's Hugh yeah. Milne. He's a shamanic cranial sacral teacher. And cool. I'm like, you can't go too deep, only too fast, because a lot of times we want to rush it. We're just like, I got the idea. Let's go. Boom. Like, get it done. Yeah. It's like, go deeper. Oh, come on. You're you're speaking to like full power Aries over here. I'm just like, <laughs> go, go, go. Shoot first, aim later. Let's just yeah, do this. So go <laughs> get this tattooed on you. I can't go too yeah, deep, just too fast. Yeah. I love it. Well, now I've really learned to like slow it down and, yeah. you know, uh, my ascending's Libra and I'm able to like balance it out a little bit, but only mm-hmm. out of the first, you know, the first two, two, three, two and a half decades, three decades of my life, I was really living in this like Aries Scorpio where it was just like, wow. And, and, and then finally I was able to just balance my shit out. Okay. Just relax a little bit, move a bit slower, just relax. And, that's when I actually did my best work I've ever done in my whole life is actually just taking time to like connect with your heart, meditate in the morning, do some breath work. What are you grateful for? And then I'm like, okay, not able to actually do stuff. It's like, wow, okay. This, these practices do work. Mm -hmm. It's actually, it's actually very practical, very Mm -hmm. practical to just sit and meditate before you go and do something and say, this actually works. And so I love it because where I came from in the neighborhood, I grew up in like, this wasn't cool. Like this wouldn't be, something I would have got my ass kicked like it, it yeah. definitely wouldn't have been something that would have been acceptable definitely not yoga ecstatic dance are you kidding me my friends would have been like where's the bar you know it would have right. been like a totally different vibe and to now realize there's power in everything but also not lose who I am and where I came from and that's been like okay you can take power from any circumstance in any situation but the spiritual practices do work that mm-hmm. is gonna work yeah, yeah. awesome this has been such a treasure, Aaron. Thank you yeah. for being here. Um, I love this conversation. I hope everyone listening is really enjoying this. I know you're vibing with it because it's got a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy in this episode and a lot of power in this conversation. Um, so thank you for taking the time to hang out with us. Um, last question before we go. What, yeah, yeah. what, um, makes your soul feel limitless? What is the thing that makes you feel unbound, untethered, you can create, do anything? Mm. I think it's because I truly believe the universe has the energy of creation and kindness, Mm. you know, and when I was able to really tap into this is a positive place, like this is something that wants to grow. If we get into that, that vibration that we can create, we can grow, we can connect with others around us. We're here to give, we're here to be compassionate. We're here to love. And when I vibrate to that energy and I think about that and I wake up in the morning and I'm like, actually, this is a place where I'm supposed to give. 
when I, when I feel that I feel expansive. And I know that Seva is a huge part of my culture. I'm, I'm Sikh Punjabi, I'm Indian. Seva means uh, selfless giving. Mm-hmm. And it's a big tenet of, of my people. And I'm like, well, I never, I was so, so far removed from my culture until I kind of grew up a little bit and decided to do some research and go to India and realized that was the coolest thing about it was giving, serve others, mm-hmm. serve others before you serve yourself, serve everyone. And that energy made me feel absolutely limitless and powerful and kind and at ease and, and everything was sweet. If I can just get into that vibration, everything flows easier when you think about giving to others and being kind before, you know, that Louis Vuitton belt. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So good. Awesome. Well, we will put all of the ways you can uh, connect with Aaron down in the show notes and his Instagram. So you can check it out. Super fun. I love your vibe over there on social too. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Leave us a review and we will see you next week. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Bye everybody. Bye.